All right. Um, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. I plead with Euodia and I plead with Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, um, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am ample supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet all God's people in Christ Jesus. The brothers and sisters who are with me send greetings. All God's people here send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. And um, I'm just going to do a bit of a summary of where we've been because I get to be last. But before I start, I'm going to pray. I'll just wait till my microphone... Do I need it a closer? Maybe. Yep. Is that working? Is that close enough for the recording thing? Hello. Hello. <laughs> Do you remember? Did any of you, when you were kids, get to um, my my parents used to clean the church, and we used to just love going up on the stage and then pretending. We, we had the microphone and then we pretend to be the lady with the warbly voice. 
and it was so much fun. Right, I'm going to try and I'm just going to try and record it on my phone as well for my parents. Which, uh, let's let's see how that goes. There's no ledge on here. It's a bit annoying. It's like whoa. Okay, so stop laughing at me, girls. I can hear my little cheer squad laughing. I'm going to pray. Don't don't laugh. Thank you, Lord, for um, your word. And thank you that it's so powerful. Um, And thank you so much for the time that we've been able to just dwell in this book. And thank you that because you're powerful and because you have given us your spirit, that you are going to speak to us tonight. You are going to teach us things and you are going to change us. So I pray, Lord, that you would help me to speak your word. You would help me to speak it clearly and um, we would have open hearts and minds to take in what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, this is also the first time I've used this gadget and it's behind me, so... Oh, look at that. Okay, can't actually see. But, so, we're just going to whiz through the first, what we did for the six weeks. If you are privileged to be here for all six, fantastic. I missed the first one, which is a shame, but I did read the script. So Ruth, yes, okay. Ruth took us through Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 to 11, and she talked about some of the background of the book and Paul and she also talked about community, that it is actually a letter designed to be read aloud, Um, not just a private letter but a letter designed to be read aloud and that we were reminded that we're part of a community and here we're part of a community and what seeds would we plant in this community? In the second week, Rachel unpacked chapter 1, verses 12 to 30, and my take-home from this talk was to speak faith to fear. It's a bit of a tongue twister. But, you know, that is like such a great phrase to remember. What appeared to be a fearful season for the Philippians with their leader in prison actually turned out to be a season for increase. And doesn't God do that, you know, like... You wouldn't think it would happen that way, but it did. So how could our season of apparent fear be turned around because of Christ's power in us? Jane guided us through Philippians chapter 2 and humility was the theme. Humility is not worthless self-hate but is the giving up of rights to social status. We were encouraged to replace self-sufficiency with God's sufficiency. And Julianne pointed us to Jesus in Philippians 3, verses 1 to 14. By pointing us to the cross, Paul shows us that even our greatest achievement cannot be used as currency to make us more acceptable to God. But God is faithful, so we can embrace Christ and press on. Last week, Vanessa finished off chapter 3, verses 12 to 21. 
Paul uses the image to help the Philippians know that God had a prize ready for them and that our citizenship was in heaven. She talked about her husband going in a race, in a marathon, and as soon as he enrolled in that marathon, they had his T-shirt and his um, medallion ready, but he had to actually go through the race and cross the finish line to receive those things. She also summarised for us that Paul understood himself correctly. He was humble and Christ-centred. He was single-minded and determined. He was full of compassion for the lost. And she reminded us to check where our gaze went as we live out our decision to follow Christ, in particular to what were we watching, reading, listening to and so on. And that really ties in with the thing I'm going to concentrate on the most and that is what is our mind focusing on. So Philippians um, chapter 4 in two general parts. First of all fighting for peace, joy, trust and right thinking and the second part provision, thankfulness and contentment. And if you want the slides and the notes, I'll I'll make them available later if you want them. So in chapter 4, there are so many gems. It's just chockers. And um, verse 4 to 9 is what I'm going to mainly focus on tonight. And these have been for a very long time some of my go-to verses of the Bible. And it's funny that God would organise that. Very funny, God. Um, This is the section I would teach on tonight and it's also funny, not funny, that for the first couple of months of this year I experienced a season of great anxiety um, which I'm thankful I'm not still in that season. So um, let's have a look at the first couple of verses. So the Philippians were were living in a Roman colony where there was a strong worship of the Roman emperor and there were many cultures competing for their attention. So in their city there were actually temples for worship for the Greeks, the Phrygians, something like that, and the Egyptian gods. They they were surrounded by people worshipping other gods and it was also that people thought that the emperor was the one that would bring them peace and they kind of almost worshipped the emperor. And if you weren't on the worship the emperor team, then you weren't really going to do very well. So not only did they not want to worship the emperor, but they didn't want to worship any of the other gods either. So it was a very challenging time. And... It was also challenging for them to go, okay, we're not going to look to the emperor for peace. We're going to look to Jesus for peace. And Paul continues to explain through his life example and teaching that there was a greater peace that came only from God. In some ways I think that's kind of what we've got because it can be easy for us to think that our government is going to bring peace and we're very blessed to be in a country with peace. But ultimately it's God that brings us peace. So in, at the start of the chapter, he actually shows how much he cares for his fellow workers. 
they're not just, he's not like up here and they're like his plebs, just like, oh, you know, go and do this, this or this. He talks about them, he says, I love and long for my joy and crown and he encourages them to stand firm in this way, dear friends. And it's not the crown of a king, it's the crown of an athlete. So one who's, it, it was the crown of achievement. So they're like so special to him. They're his joy and crown. So I think it's because of this closeness and his passion and the way he loves them so much that he's upset about two people who are having such a disagreement that it's affecting the church culture that they live in and he pleads with them to be of the same mind. Um, I don't think this is about agreeing about everything but it was about being under the banner of the fellowship of God. Being Christians and not keeping on disagreeing and disagreeing and disagreeing but working together to come to a place where they could be in the same room and it wouldn't be like everyone else would know they were having a fight but they haven't sorted it out. Um, And look, I'm not saying it's easy. In fact, Paul says, you know, he says the true companion which they don't really know who that is but he he actually asked for someone to come in and help. So disagreements can't always be sorted out just between the two people. But we can encourage um, being of a like mind, being under the fellowship of the Lord. The next part of the passage is the rejoicing and moving on to the things about what we think about and how we deal with anxiety. So I'm going to come back to that. But... um, you know, I don't know what age group. We've got lots of different age groups here. So for many of us, this verse equals the round. I was going to get you to sing it, but it's okay. You know, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So, but he's not talking about sunny optimism. Like we've got to read this verse with the right mindset. It's not about walking around and saying, oh, everything's wonderful. It's about confidence that God is in control. Um, So as I said, we'll come back to that. So in the next section, verses 11, 12 and 13, we should remember that Paul was in prison at the time of writing this letter and he'd experienced a lot of hardship in his life. I can't remember where it is but there's some somewhere in the New Testament where he lists what he's been through and it's horrendous. It is absolutely awful. But he writes that I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances and I think that we need to remember that it was a learned thing. I don't think most of us are just content naturally. I think we have to learn to be content and I think part of the way he learnt to be content was because he was constantly living in the truth of what Christ had done for him and 
I think you meant something Vanessa said last week. The perfect life is a lie of the devil. This trajectory, okay, you know, like you, you grow up, you get married, you have kids, you buy a house, you own a house, you know, your kids all grow up. They definitely don't die before you. You know, that, that is just not true. It's not true. And so if we can, I think if we think about this and we think about our confidence in Christ, we can be more content people. And most of us have like zillions more than so many other people in the world. So perspective and learning. And verse 13 we never have to do this in our own strength. We can do it in the strength that Christ supplies to us. And I think it's also important to remember that God is our ultimate provider. Back in the Old Testament, they were reminded to constantly tell each other what God had done for them. Keep talking to each other about what God has done. God took us out of Egypt. He took us through the Red Sea. He did this for us. He provided. He gave us manna, blah, 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 blah. So in our own lives, remember the times that God has provided for you. Some of you have been blessed to live in the same house for a long time. Well, good on you. But some of us have had to move and, like, I may say, say good on you in a nice way. It's a blessing. I'm not, don't, didn't mean to make that sound bad. But some of us have had to move quite a few times. And I can tell you that moving is not fun. Moving with lots of kids and lots of stuff and dogs is not fun. And trying to find a rental is very stressful. But God has always provided for us and I don't know why I forget that between one move and the next. Or God is going to provide a job. I don't know why I forget that between one job and the next. Or God is going to provide peace when you are in turmoil. Why do we forget that? This is, I think, partly why it's good to be in community, good to be in life group because we can keep reminding each other that God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. How big is our God? How, how big do we see the riches that he has for us? So when we remember that there's no lack in Christ, we can be rejoicing and we can content and we can trust him for providing so I'd like to introduce you to someone. Her name is Anxiety Girl. Able to jump to the worst conclusion in a single bound. And she's talking about her tights are too tight and she thinks she's going to die. So Anxiety Girl. Now we're all girls in the room so we've got Anxiety Girl. And anxiety is defined as a feeling of worry, nervousness, unease, concern, apprehension, stress. Now I think if you are able to make the glass fog up when you put something near you, in other words you're breathing, I think 
We've all experienced anxiety. Everybody. I am a coulda, woulda, shoulda kind of person. I could have done this. I would have done this. I should have done this. I should have, shoulda, 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 shoulda. And again, shoulda. And why didn't I? And then after the event is over, why, why, why didn't I do that? That's so terrible. In fact, um, I don't know why I didn't think I had anxiety because you know, I've had seasons where I've literally banged my head on the wall in the laundry rather than bash my kids. And I kicked a hole in the wall in my house. I had some serious anger and anxiety seasons. I had the screaming season where I'd scream at my kids until my throat was hurting and then I'd hate myself so much for doing it. So, like like the yo-yo. And my husband, thankfully, is not like this. He's like this. Which is very irritating sometimes. (laughs) So, you know, like I love options. He hates options. I really try to stick to just two choices. But, you know, like anxiety... So much anxiety, different stages. Stepkids, thankfully they all loved me to pieces, but, you know, it's still a significant challenge. Ex-wives, kids, three kids in three years, you know, pop, 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 just <laughs> off you go. And, like, it, like I did those things, <laughs> I loved that season. But also I look back and go, oh gosh, you know, like I asked a lot of myself. Work, work situations. Now, being a high school teacher, actually I loved being a high school teacher, loved it. And you wouldn't think so, but actually I find being a kids minister way harder and way out more out of my comfort zone than being a high school teacher. It's quite challenging to not be anxious God, I'm working for you, I'm working in the church. I have to be perfect. You know, there's so much pressure. I'm surprised I haven't shrunk. (laughs) But, (laughs) (laughs) so I'd like to just pull up a couple of pictures, just lighten the mood a bit, and think, how does the world suggest we deal with it? So here we have Lavender Girl. I heard lavender relieves stress and calms anxiety. So I don't know whether you can see it well, but she's got lavender all over her, like the pieces of lavender. Our bookshops and internet feeds have so many ideas when it comes to self-help. And actually heaps of them are not bad, but they don't bring God into the picture. Now, Just read this one. This is a classic. Breath is the power behind all things. I breathe in and I know that good things will happen. Ladies, just by breathing, (laughs) just by breathing, good things will happen. And Mel was looking at my slides today and she looked at this one and she looked at me with this worried face like, Jenny, Jenny, I don't, I don't think that's really like the... I said it's meant to show 
the other side. <laughs> or how about this song? Ready? If I start it off, do you reckon you can sing with me? Do, 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 do. Okay, ready? Do, 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 do. Don't worry, be happy. Who knows that song? It was so irritating. <laughs> but, you know, like, okay. And, and I once had, when I was a high school guy, high school teacher, I had a student who was really tall and actually would come up to me and go, Miss, just chillax. <laughs> and I'd go, right, I want to hit you. Okay, I've got, a, I've got five minutes and the most important bits are to come. Okay, so, all right. Rejoicing is mentioned 154 times in the NIV translation. And I just want you, I put it in again because I want you to remember, it's not sunny optimism and it's not ignoring everything. It's confidence in Christ. And it can be practical things like singing songs, speaking God's word, <gasps> amazing, saying a Bible verse aloud actually makes a difference. The Bible, the power of God, and I forget these things, but I would also want to note that Paul is not talking about overwhelming anxiety that cripples decision making or blackens your mind and it's vital that we seek professional help in this area. It's so much better than it was. Like, it was soldier on, take a codril kind of thing. Please, please hear that that's not what the Bible's saying in this passage. There's a little skip between the rejoice bit and the anxiety bit about the Lord being near. I kind of puzzled over this verse, but the Greek word for gentleness means a patient mind, a mind that is patient and is willing to let God take up the cause. So I think it kind of leads into that not being anxious because we're letting God be near and we're letting him take up our cause. So the most important bit, or there's lots of important bits, but he mentions four steps about not being anxious and I hope we never do this to each other but don't go up to each other and say, don't worry about it, it'll be okay. Because that's just like, I think I've done it to people. Um, if I have done it to any of you, I apologise. But, you know, sometimes it is much, much harder than that. It's far nicer to say, I see that you are feeling anxious, can I pray for you? Um, so he says, in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. You might want to write it, but present to God, not just to yourself, not just hashing the cycle of anxiety, taking it back on and again and again and again and again and again until you're just like, <gasps> because you haven't given it, really given it to God. And verse 7 is... Oh, it's just amazing. And I have personally experienced this peace many times. And it is, like it says, it's beyond understanding. 
it is going for, sometimes it's a process but sometimes it's just whoosh washes over you holy spirit thank you a wash of peace where you go from <gasps> to i'm okay i'm i'm looking around and going oh actually i'm okay i'm i'm i feel peace i feel this peace which is only from god only from the spirit of god working in us and this is the gem the jewel the precious precious thing that god gives us through his spirit a lightness of spirit an actual physical sense of the weight being lifted a clearer mind and paul knows this when he says this peace will be like a guard like for me i have like mental pictures visions and pictures when I pray for people and sometimes I literally see helmets a helmet it's like God will give you a helmet with his peace because in the mind is such a battle such a battle so finally we're going to skip over this so you guys can talk about it in your groups but it's what we think on that what we choose to think on is going to make a big big difference and mindfulness is now a big thing and it's so wonderful but god gave it to us god gave it to us consider the lilies of the field they neither toil nor spin but i'm going to look after them look at the way a flower is made in my deepest grief gardening looking at beauty looking at beautiful pictures sunsets sunrises thinking on those things guarded my heart and my mind so finally paul ends with the grace of the lord jesus christ be with your spirit so ladies it's my prayer that through these studies you have seen god at work in your life you've been able to reflect on god's work in your life I pray that we will abide in him. I pray that we will let the Holy Spirit fill us and that we'll cast our cares on him and experience and then we'll be able to pass on his peace to each other um, in our community here at, at Fig Tree and beyond because you know that's such a wonderful, precious thing.